Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing Until We Meet Again, the Thai BL drama series, episode 10. This episode is one of my favorites. Again, I still think, you know, it's kind of a toss-up. There are several that you're just going, they're really good episodes. I thought that the rest aren't, but they really are. And I think for me, it's 5, 6, 9, 10, and also 14, 15, and the final episode. But this episode 10 includes kind of the issue of trying to deal with the fact that P.D. knows he was responsible for In Touch's death in a way or proved a very valid factor for it. It also involves Pedine and Farm spending their first night together and basically Pedine walks out and finds that Farm is kind of curled up cramped on his sofa and he kind of picks him up and hauls him to the bed and just kind of sits there with him for a while and Farm totally freaks out for quite obvious reasons because Pedine's being a little too romantical and then Pedine just kind of stops that behavior and Farm realizes that Pedine's just kind of having a breakdown. He's not really thinking very properly and Farm just sits there and goes, it's okay, you're going to be fine. And then the next morning they wake up and Pedine has kind of just clabbed himself, um, kind of wrapped his arm around so he um, farm can't move and farm wakes up trying to grab his phone which he looks just like Padine's and grabs Padine's phone instead because he's picking it up and Dell's on the phone who is Padine's younger sister saying farm is that you and she's looking at her phone going did I call farm I thought I called Padine and then she's sitting there going okay Padine must have spent the night at farms and how do I handle this and so she looks at her phone and she goes Farm, as long as I know Pedine's with you, that's fine. I was just worried something had happened because we couldn't figure out where he was last night and why he didn't call. And Farm's looking at his phone going, she's probably thinking X and X's and what happened, but how do I deal with that? And so he hangs up the phone as Dell's, um, Dell kind of hangs up the phone on, her, on him and goes, Farm, if Pedine's going to stay with you another night, just let me know so that we're not worried here at the house wondering what happened to him. And so that's kind of where that phone call went. And then Farm is trying to extricate himself from Pedine, who some people when they sleep are kind of logs and I think Pedine's just kind of one of those people who it's like he's not trying to keep farm tied to the bed or anything but he's just completely sleepy and so when he wakes up it's actually because farm's phone is ringing and Manal is on the phone who's farm's friend and Pedine picks up farm's phone and then Manal knows that Pedine spent the night at Farm's house, which she then tells to team, and basically everybody would know at that point. And so Farm's sitting there going, oh no, Pedine picked up the phone. Now Manel is going to be talking about stuff. And with all that, he's trying to deal with that. And also with the fact that his lock screen is a picture he kind of took surreptitiously of Pedine sleeping in the library when he was tired and so he's trying to deal with that as well and the fact that he's hoping Pedine didn't see it as he grabbed the phone out after the call ended. 
The next um, part of this episode is farms making some food for breakfast. And Pedin has a moment where he reverts to his former self of corn in a not positive way. I actually really liked how there was a there was a person who did a video on the seven best um, BL series' relationships. And I, I didn't like it because it's a BL. Again, I, I really don't like labels, but I do enjoy BL films simply because we don't have the gender wars that I'm seeing in rom-coms, as I like to call them. And also because they tend to deal with very difficult subjects in a way that is linear, which I kind of appreciate. And so, but the one thing I thought was interesting as I was watching this, I think it was that video on YouTube, was someone made the comment that this series of Until We Meet Again is truly one of the best examples of a healthy relationship. However, there is this one scene in this episode where Pedin's character reverts to the former self of Korn and starts behaving in a way that isn't appropriate. Um, he starts to try to hug Farm and do more than that with Farm, and it just totally freaks him out. It totally freaks Farm out. And Pedin's saying, they're going, what on earth was I thinking? Why was I this stupid? Why was I doing this? This isn't my character. And he's trying to deal with all that problem in his head. And it's a very interesting scene, I think, because you have, Farm has actually turned his back to Pedin. He's at his kitchen counter cooking something and Pedin's sitting there and you can tell he's just going through this wave of shame and embarrassment that he was such an idiot and also doing something that he shouldn't have been doing. He's going, why would I do this to Farm? I really like Farm. I care about Farm. What kind of idiocy came over me at that moment? And so he's trying to do with that. And the thing I really like about this scene is Farm sits there and he takes like literally less than a minute and he just kind of calmly makes his little desserts that he's making that are Thai desserts, which he's wrapping in lotus um, petals to make them smell good as people eat them. And he turns to Farm after less than a minute and he says, I want you to open your mouth. And so Padine's saying they're going, we just had a problem. I misbehaved why is Farm asking me to open my mouth? And Farm's actually smiling at him, not like a, I'm upset about this, just he's kind of smiling and going, open your mouth, taste this. And he goes, here, here's this treat. Doesn't it taste good? And he just kind of takes and basically re-pivots Pideen's mind, which I was watching a TED Talk once about a doctor who, I think he was a brain doctor, and he basically said it really takes very little time for the mind to re-pivot. Because if you're thinking something negative and you can re-pivot to something positive, that basically retrains your brain to think positively because humans are wired to think negatively. And so you have Pedin here setting in all the shame of how he misbehaved with farm and acted like an imbecile. And in some ways worse than an imbecile, okay? You know, an idiot we can forgive. The other, not so much. And Farm, instead of deriding him or treating him poorly about this or ending their relationship, kicking him out of the apartment, taking his key, throwing the lanyard with the um, dog tag on it at him, says and goes, I just want you to have this treat and re-pivot your brain because you and I both know this wasn't you. I mean, he doesn't say that, but you know that's what he's going for. And then he looks at PD and he goes, you know, doesn't that taste good? And don't ever do that again. 
<laughs> and you know, I really think that's kind of the way that their relationship works because it's not like they beat around the bush about things. They hit it head on and they go, you know, Farm looked at the deal. He went, I'm not going down that road, Pideen, and you're not going down that road either. And that's the end of that. And we're not even going to talk about it. We're not going to go rehash things out. We're just going to sit there and acknowledge that neither one of us are going there. And then, you know, they can move on. And Pideen then goes home, and he sits there with his brother Don and his sister Del, and he goes, I would like to know if I can go with you to see our grandmother. And he's actually never seen his paternal or his maternal grandmother before. And Del and Don have actually been visiting her unbeknownst to Dean because they didn't want him to be upset. And he's like, I wouldn't have been upset to know you were visiting her grandmother, but I would like to go visit her. And he goes to visit his grandmother for the first time. And he's literally 21 years old. And she's very emotional. She's very overwrought because she's never seen her grandson before, except maybe when he was a very small child. And she's so glad he finally came to see her. And as they have that moment together, Del and Don then go into the house and kind of give them a bit of time. Pete. Pideen hands his grandmother these lotus-wrapped desserts, and she looks at them and goes, these were triggering her memory banks for the fact that her brother in touch really liked the lotus-wrapped desserts that she used to make when she was a young woman for him as a treat. And she's looking at this, and she goes, these are lovely. I've never seen anyone do this for years. And Pideen looks at her and goes, well, my, my lover made these, and I thought I'd bring them to you so you could try them. And she says, oh, that's nice. You found a nice girl. And he goes, no, no, I didn't find a girl. My lover's a guy, and there you go. And she then goes into total panic mode because it takes her brain down the path of seeing her brother in a casket and his lover in a casket and a red thread between them at the funeral back in like 1988, 20 years before. And she's reeling at all that memory bank and going, I don't want my grandson to walk down that same path that my brother walked down and died because Corn pulled a trigger, then he pulled a trigger. And our families were left reeling with the loss of that because their parents couldn't accept their relationship. And they reacted in that manner. And so she's sitting there with um, Pideen going, Pideen, no matter what happens, remember to stay alive and remember to not let it wreck your life. And Pideen sits there and goes, it's not going to play out the same way it did before. And, he, and then he sits there and he calmly and quietly tells his grandmother that he really is Corn reincarnated, that he has all of Corn's memories regarding in touch in his family, and that he really wants his grandmother to know he's sorry that his actions caused the death of her younger brother, who she dearly loved. And she's sitting there, and instead of being mad at Pideen for the past, what she sits there and does is, I think, a very interesting and wonderful way of reframing all that mess. Because all she sits there and does, and she goes, it wasn't your fault in the end. In the end of the day, in touch still pulled the trigger. 
yes, you pulled the trigger first because you were stupid and overwrought with all the issues at hand and you couldn't see past it. But at the end of the day, my brother still decided to pull the trigger himself. And at the end of the day, that's something that, you know, I have to deal with because of his loss. But the thing that I really like is she segues from that and she says, how are you doing? How are you handling the fact that you've come back in another form and you have to deal with all the memories, all the bad stuff, as well as the good? She basically reaches out and I love how she touches him on the shoulder and goes, are you tired? Are you in pain from all this that you have to carry? And she just kind of sits there with him and gently asks him, those kinds of questions. And at the end of their moment together, she says, I want to thank you for number one, caring about in touch is in his, in his reincarnated form. And I also want to thank you for finding him again in his reincarnated form. And so that's kind of how that whole scene closes. We then go to this little side note with Team and Wynn, where Team can't sleep at night, so he heads off to go sleep with Wynn. And Wynn opens the door, and Wynn has um, got his hair all messed up. It's like sticking whopper jawed. And he's sitting there going, what in the heck are you doing here, Team? And Team sits there and goes, can I please just sleep with you tonight? I can't sleep. And so Team lets him come in, and Wynn will... Team will not move over so Wynn can get in the bed. So Wynn starts to kind of flop on top of him and flirt with him. And you really don't know if Wynn is teasing him or being serious. You find out later in the show what's really going on. But at this point, you're sitting there going, you know, with Wynn, it could really be either way. And the thing I think is interesting about Wynn is he's kind of a trickster character. But he's a trickster character because... He fears being vulnerable, which, you know, it's, it's a valid fear. I mean, I think we all have vulnerability issues on some level. But the other thing I love about Wynn is you have these moments of absolute crystallization that just happens with Wynn. That, you know, you think he's kind of a doofball, but then he sits there and says something. It's like in the previous episode, he was talking with Pideen about should Pideen tell Farm what really happened? Should Pideen not? And Pideen's going, I don't want it to wreck our relationship if I tell him something. But if I don't, it could also wreck our relationship. And Wynn's looking at him going, your relationship's not going to be wrecked either way. And he just kind of pauses there for a moment. He says, Pideen, you're not going to lose farm. Farm's not going to run away from you no matter what because farm's farm and you're you. And I really do like how, yeah, Wynn is a totally off-the-wall character of craziness and silliness and just vast, you know, zaniness. But he also can sit there and do these crystallized moments that are very down-to-earth, very level-headed. And I, I like that kind of trickster character. He's kind of like the Gerard Butler from Dear Frankie. That kind of character. And I don't know why. I've always found them interesting. But he and Team finally quit being teasing each other. And Team and him sit there, and Team's having trouble. You're not really quite sure why, but he sits there and he goes... 
can I just get a hug? And so he basically, he and Wynn are sitting there hugging each other as he's trying to fall asleep, and he wishes him Merry Christmas. And that's kind of where this episode ends. It's kind of a strange ending, but that's how it is. And that is my review of episode 10 of Until We Meet Again. Again, I can't recommend this series highly enough. It really is absolutely superb. Um, if you can... I would definitely recommend watching it, even if you're not into BL drama, because this is just not the same as most BL drama. You can watch the whole thing on YouTube. I will try to drop a link in the description to all the playlists so everyone can access it if they want. It's from Studio Wabi Sabi. Um, I think they're the same studio that did Bromance, but I could be wrong about that. Actually, I think I am wrong about that. I'll have to double check. But anyway, can't recommend this highly enough. Definitely suggest watching it. And with that, on out. Check it at the round table. Bye.